You're listening to Blood and Steel, the Guild Nine Gaming Podcast, exploring the shadow of the Demon Lord tabletop RPG. Check us out at guildnightgaming.com. And welcome back to another episode of Blood and Steel. I am your host, Justin, and I'm here with my brawny brother, Jason. What's going on, everybody? Hey, we've got a pretty good episode for you today. What we wanted to do is explore the supplement, the Paths of Battle, Mm -hmm. and really get into what that is. I've noticed that uh, when we're on the Discord chat, people ask sometimes, hey, what's the difference between the Core Rulebook, the Paths of Battle, Bread for Battle? There's a lot of different options that are out there right now on, on if you want to be kind of a melee character. So we thought we'd dive into this supplement, see if it's something that's worth picking up for you and your group, and uh, go from there. Yep, it's uh, it's going to be good. Uh, we'll, we'll hopefully give you an idea of if you want to pick up this supplement or not. Right. So starting out, um, I want to just point out that this uh, supplement was... Uh, published in early 2017, I believe. Um, actually, more like mid 2017. But uh, so it's basically about 18 months old. And there's an errata out there that fixes some of the paths in, in this supplement, specifically the fighter path. So um, you 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 probably need to look at that before you um, really take on that path as well. Yeah, it fixes, I think it really just fixes one part, and that's the fight with anything talent. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and the, the wording is, um, the wording, it, it describes uh, what happens when you decide to use um, an improv weapon and mm-hmm. um, it wield it in battle. So it, it explains some of the damage, and I think if you get some boons with it or not. Yeah, because you have the talent. Basically, tells you that you ignore the one bane imposed by it uh, when you use so the, the. Yes, exactly. So one of the things too is that um, for those of you that aren't aware that there is an errata for the main core rule book and uh, some of the other supplements. So if you need to look at that, it is on the Schwalb Entertainment website. And Jason, I'm going to totally blank out here on where. Yeah, so exactly. so what you want to do is you want to go to uh, player aids. So and you get the player aids. So you go to uh, schwabentertainment.com. Look at the title bar on the on the uh, at the top, and you'll see play aids. Click on play aids, and then um oh, you know what? No, that's not where it is. Man, I keep forgetting how to get there. That's what that's where I feel like we had gone before. Yeah, I tell you what I usually do is there's a search bar on the web page. Yeah, if you because click... it's not clearly marked. So, yeah. um, there that's that's one um, critique that I'll throw out there is that there is an errata for the game, but it's not easily accessible for a lot of places. I mean, you have to kind of go looking for it, and once you find oh, it, you're like, oh, it. okay, here it is. Okay, all right, all so right. So the problem is, is if you click, if you hover over play aids, it shows you GM aids or reference tables. If you click either of those, you go to a sub page. Just click on the play aids from the top bar just the words play aids itself and you'll see errata a couple items down right there boom there it is there it is so check that out um because they're you know that's where a lot of the um updates happen um if you do have a pdf version you can just re-download it from drive-thru rpg or schwab entertainment where you got it from 
and you'll automatically have all the errata built into your PDF. Now, so, I will say that um, w- the errata does not just cover the core rulebook. It also covers the um, supplements as well. So there are a few in there that, that show up in the errata. Yeah, that's correct. Um, so uh, let's get into Paths of Battle. So with Paths of Battle, uh, it basically has four expert paths that are melee focused. Okay, so the four paths that we have here are Berserker, Fighter, Knight, Paladin, and Ranger. Now, Jason, do you recognize some of these paths? Recognize almost all of them but one. Yeah, so we uh, we kind of did a side-by-side comparison. We looked at Berserker, uh, we looked at Fighter, and we looked at Paladin, and we looked at Ranger because those are all core expert paths in the core rule book. Mm-hmm. And we went through them word for word, and they are exactly the same. Yeah, I mean, literally, like, I was reading the core rule book while Justin was reading the words from the supplement and we were following along each other in the two different books and they were, they were the same. Yeah. So you've got five paths in here, four are the same, one is different. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking at this and, and I'm kind of wondering, well, shoot, like, why did I get this? It didn't add anything to any of those extra paths. The only thing that's really different is the night expert path. I'll give you a reason why you would, and that is uh, okay. a lot of times you're, you, when I play role-playing games, because I have so many books from so many systems, if I'm playing a system that I'm not sure I'm going to keep going with, um, I won't actually buy the core rulebook, right? I'll borrow it from okay. someone. Um, I'll yeah. borrow it from someone just enough to kind of roll up my character, and that's kind of it. Well, you know, who's to say that people don't do it that way in this game as well, right? Not everybody has the core rulebook, uh, even yeah. though you can get it, you know, as a PDF or, or hardback. Um, so if you knew you wanted to be this kind of a, um, you know, you want to go down this kind of a path, you'd already rolled up your character, played your novice adventures or your novice sessions, and you wanted to go to your next step, your expert path. Um, you could just pay, you know, you could pay a couple bucks to get just this supplement and then be able to kind of roll your next path without having to purchase the core rulebook. Right. Okay. Um, you know, that's so a good it gives point. you and a I little was, option. And I was thinking too. You know what? Um, I actually ended up using this with one of our players. Yeah, um, you could give them the supplement yeah. rather than have to give them the whole book. Yeah, he's like, I want to kind of be more melee focused. I want to just do melee, and so I was like, here use this for here's some expert paths that you can use and just tell me what you think mm-hmm. you know and um so it was uh, definitely more focused on you know the melee aspect of it so i guess in those instances yeah um if, if i already had the core rule book though like in my hand i don't know how much more value you're gonna get from this unless you really want something about the night yes so we're gonna go through the night right now and talk about what it is and then maybe, I don't know, you're going to want to go buy it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, the knight, um, the knights are, again, they're melee focused. Um, they don't necessarily have any kind of magic element to them. So like a paladin does have magic, um, but the knights don't. Um, they're, they're kind of are what you think they are. They're almost like a melee paladin in a sense, right? They, they have, uh, medium and heavy armor. 
Um, they can use shields as warding uh, attacks and things like that. They can charge. There's some cool fighting things they can do, but um, it's it's very much focused on uh, the fighting aspect of almost being a paladin in a sense, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it is pretty cookie cutter night though. I mean, when you say night, you're kind of getting what you think what you would think with this uh, supplement, which is not bad. It's just you know it, that is it. You are a someone who wears you would see wearing medium to heavy armor with a shield, a sword, and sword and board in it in the battle. And yeah. that's even the picture that's in the supplement, right there. You know, that's a there's a right. looks like a chick. There's a chick knight with a sword and a board. Just uh, standing yeah. over a bunch of dead orcs, it looks like. She's got boob armor. She's got boob armor, yep. <laughs> Which, I mean, is necessary, right? If you yeah. have boobs. That's that's true. I guess that's <laughs> that's kind of the only way I can tell it's a girl. The face is a little elvish. But anyways. Uh, that's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. Well, well, she's got, she's got a, uh, a slender waist. <laughs> right. Who's slender us to waist. identify for her? So, you know, whatever. <laughs> that's, but, that's true. <laughs> anyways. <laughs> So um, one of the things, a couple of things that they get in terms of their talents is they get a bonus to defense if while they're wearing medium or heavy armor. So, for example, if you if you take a, a male armor, which is like a fifteen, I believe, defense, like you would get a you know plus one to that, yep. so that'd give you sixteen. Applies for heavy armor too. So if you're building a buff character that's gonna swing hard with high strength, then you can get that plate mail or that full plate. And that yeah. eight, 17 and 18 the armor becomes an 18 and a 19. And that's, I mean, you know, I don't think you're going to have, unless you uh, come across that in your, in your campaign story-wise, full plate you're not going to get for a while. That's expensive stuff. I mean, not only is it 25 yeah. gold crowns, it's also exotic. So right. you kind of have to make a case to your, to your horror master, hey, uh, this is how I got this exotic piece of armor, you know? Yeah. Yeah, Still, exactly. that 19, a 19 defense flat out. I mean, that's you're not going to get hit that often until you start going up against some big bad guys that have a lot of boons. I mean, you can you can get right up in there in the fight, and and you're durable and grandy with that with that bonus. Yeah, you should be. You should be getting into that fight so that your other yeah. dude, your casters and people can you know stay back. Standard stuff here. Um, so the other thing is it says when you charge your attacks deal 1d6 extra damage or 2d6 if you're mounted, um, which, uh, I don't know about how any of you play out there, but I know that a couple of our players like the charge feature. So, you know, it means that you can attack and move in a fast turn, essentially. Um, mm -hmm. you know, so you move your movement speed and you attack and it, it, it uses a one bane on your attack to do it. So, but look, if you're like a fighter or something like that, um, or sorry, you would start out as a, if you were a warrior level one warrior and you're getting your bonuses from your level one and two warrior, they give you a bunch of boons on everything. Taking a Bane isn't that big of a hit. And then all of a sudden as a knight, you're dealing an extra one D six damage because you charged. So you're moving and you're hitting and you're moving and you're hitting and you're doing damage because of that too. Yeah, it's kind of nice. Yeah, there are two things about charge that you can't forget uh, that work in your favor. Well, two things. One of them works in your favor. One of them doesn't. One is you say, and you you nailed it, right? You take, you're gonna move, you're gonna move, and you're gonna attack. So you can move up to your speed, and at any point during that movement, you can make an attack. So you could run past someone and hit them right. halfway, halfway yes. through your movement. Don't forget about that. 
The other thing is you're going to roll with a Bane when you do that, but that Bane is not just for your attack. It's attack and challenge rolls until the end of the round. Ah, that's a good point. So if you're doing this on a fast turn, think about where you're going to be position-wise in the battle because any other challenge rolls you do to resist spells or anything like that, you're going to be taking a Bane, not just your not just your charge attack. The that's other, an excellent point. Yeah, the other thing that a lot of times we forget is charge doesn't just run past people and hit them. Not only does it do damage, but it also it also knocks them down or shoves them. Right? At in, here, I'll read the text. At any point during okay, your movement, you. make one attack with a melee weapon or with an attribute to knock down or shove a creature. Okay. So you can attack with a weapon just to do damage, or you can run past them and try to shove them into a pit or something like that. Yes. There right. are multiple things and, you can do with it. And we use that um, in one of our adventures. Remember, like, you oh, cast yeah. that dark wall? And we had our 1,100-pound uh, 11, uh, 11 Jotun <laughs> charge through that where the dude couldn't see him and just, like, smash him into a wall. Yeah, it was and... it was great. The, the <laughs> door, awesome. the, we, we knew, somehow we knew there was a guy on the other side of the door. And yeah. we opened the door. Right when we opened the door, I cast Wall of Darkness. So for this very short second, this guy saw the door open and then, boom, just blackness. And then, and then the, you know... The uh, nose guard went piling into him and just crushed his bones into the wall. It was pretty awesome. <laughs> it was a it was a classic hook and ladder move. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess. <laughs> anyways, it was pretty good. Yeah. M- another example of how you can you don't have to just do the standard move, shoot, move, swing in this game. You can do lots of yeah. stuff. Yeah. Right. Um, All right. So that was devastating cool- charge with the knight. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Another talent they have is called Warding Shield. So if you're armed with a shield, uh, when a creature attacks another creature within your reach, you can use a triggered action to impose a bane on that uh, attacking trigger. Uh, I'm sorry, on the attacking creature's roll. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, like if you're standing next to your buddy, right, and um, it has to be within your reach, so they almost have to be standing right next to you. But because they are, it's almost like you're, you know, you're kind of like shield walling them a little bit, mm-hmm. um, and it puts a bane on the attacking creature's thing. And that's just a talent that can happen every round. It can, heck, it can happen. It uses a triggering action to do it, so it can happen every round. Every round, once every round. Yeah. So I mean, you should be sword and boarding as a knight. Yeah. Yeah, go find a heavy shield, go find, you know, heavy armor, and go find a sweet one-handed damage-dealing weapon, and just get up in that, get up in that mofo. Yeah, and paint something scary on the front of your shield, like maybe, maybe find some way to secure the, the bones of one of your last victims or something. Make it all Reaver style, right? You can or try to... Pinkie Pie, uh, My Little Pony. That would be terrifying. <laughs> Absolutely, they they yeah. People would have to be rolling to go insane every time they saw it. I know I would. <laughs> like, this guy's so crazy. He's got all my little pony oh on my his gosh. shield. <laughs> for for the what, record, we both have little even daughters. <laughs> exactly. We don't even know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For the record, we both have little daughters. So yes, we know what my little pony is. Yes. <laughs> um, all right. So with a knight, when you get up to level six, you take your standard health bump. Um, you've health got plus five. A, health plus five, which is nice. I mean, that's giving you 
those nice hits. It's a lot different than the magician that we talked about last week, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah. Um, you get two extra talents. Uh, one is chivalry, which is when a creature within your reach would take damage, you can use a triggered action to have the damage that they would take, which is kind of nice. I and absolutely Who, who said chivalry was dead? Right. <laughs> <laughs> My good sir, you're doing much better than you think you are. <laughs> Why, thank you, sir. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and remember these are triggered actions, so they don't inter- they don't destroy what you wanted to do normally. You can, it gives you an yeah. opportunity to react to the battlefield. Yep, and what what I kind of find it is interesting is a lot of people either they don't use their triggered actions because they don't have a lot of um, opportunity to, or some of their talents just don't really apply to the situation. Um, but what I'm seeing with these knight actions is that the triggered action allows for a lot of kind of cool defensive maneuvers mm-hmm. rather than an offensive one. So a lot of times people will use their triggered action if a monster moves through their area or disengages with them or something like that. Not disengage, but if they... Um, if they leave the the you know melee encounter there, they get an attack of opportunity um, against them. So and that consumes your triggered attack. So a lot of people will use it then, but with a knight, you can use it then, sure, if you want to, or you can use it to defend your buddies. What whatever you think is best. Mm-hmm. I love how no matter what game we play, we call it an attack of opportunity. I know, I know. <laughs> I love how it's in, a free attack in yeah. this game. Uh, I love but, how you know. I love how Fifth Edition tried to change it. Like, oh, uh, we're going to call it the not attack of opportunity, but opportunity attack. Oppor- yeah, opportunity attack. Yeah, That's what we're say, call it. It's new. Attack. It's new. <laughs> <laughs> to be to be fair, it's less. It's it's more active voice, less passive voice. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> the English the English editors were having a hard time with that. That's right. There you go. So. Um, so question for you, how you would rule this. So chivalry says when a creature within your reach would take damage, could you apply chivalry to yourself? I would personally, as a, as a horror master, I would say no. And because it, um, chivalry by definition is for someone else, right? Uh huh. Yeah, and I would say that too. Um, the rules jerk in me, though. However, looks back up at the text from Warding Shield. It uh-huh. says, "If you are armed with a shield, when a creature attacks another creature within your reach." Okay. So the okay. word "another" is not used in the chivalry text. That's true. So when That's a creature true. within your reach, blah 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 blah. Yeah, I don't know. You could probably convince yeah, me. You, you could probably say, convince me. Well, I stand very chivalrous. In front of the orc, yes, and <laughs> let him know what chivalry really is about. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you take it like record, a man. That's how it is. For the record, when Jason describes himself as a rules jerk, he's not joking. <laughs> I mean, sometimes, but... <laughs> nah, I'm just giving you a hard yeah. time. Uh. It's okay. Sometimes my friends are like, all right, let's move on. I'm like, you're right, right. I didn't, we, need to, we need to just keep going. Uh, my family will absolutely describe me as a rules jerk because I'm like, listen, the rules were written this way for a reason. Oh my gosh, you should see us playing Warhammer. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of funny, actually. <laughs> yeah. Well, this, I mean, the the rules are very important in that game. But yeah, yeah, for anyways. sure. Yeah. Uh, okay, so another one at level six is Inspire Courage. You make challenge rolls uh, to resist or remove the frightened affliction with one boon. 
Um, as well as you grant one boon on such rolls made by creatures you choose who can see you and are within short range. So that's kind of nice, you know, to get rid of the frightened affliction, you get kind of a bonus to it and you can give it to your buddies as well. It's also resist. Don't forget that, right? Mm-hmm. Resist. And this is really good because there are a couple things in this game that I think probably need to be revisited. I love the game system as a whole, but a couple abilities of some of these um expert paths for example the oracle right the oracle has and this is we're sidestepping out of kind of the night fighter realm here but the oracle has um the talent divine ecstasy you use an action to enter a state of divine ecstasy to last for one minute you gain the following benefits uh plus 10 bonus to health here's the key you cannot become charmed compelled or frightened you cannot gain insanity so when you look at that at first, you're like, oh, that's awesome, you know, that like none of the monsters or demons will be able to make me gain insanity or become frightened. The problem is it takes an action to use and it only lasts for <laughs> one minute. So and how does what happens most of the time in Shadow Demon Lord? The thing that they happens. Yeah, the thing yeah. that happens right before you're even in combat causes you to have to roll for frightened or insanity so you haven't even had an opportunity to use divine ecstasy before you're already checking to see if you go insane it's like you <laughs> it really be nice to make it a triggered act, act yeah you know, action absolutely and so that's what's great about this is inspire courage says okay things are going to happen crap's going to jump in front of us we're going to have to react to it here's a boon to try to to try to resist it so you're actively boosting yourself to try to overcome that uh, that problem yeah. Nice. Yep. Um, I think that uh, I I think that this talent more than any of the other ones will come into play so very often for the entire group. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, you're all standing there, and all of a sudden a demon shows up. All of you can now resist that that uh, um, fear roll. You know, with a boon. Right. So. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, all right, so when we get to level nine, which is the highest level of this master knight, you again get your health bonus, and then um, the other thing is that uh, you have what's called knightly resolve. Uh, when you become injured or incapacitated, you can use a triggered action to heal damage equal to your healing rate, and you can only use it once per rest. So um, this is like the uh, the fighter's talent, catch your breath. Mm-hmm essentially um what but what's interesting is that the fighters get that at like level three this guy doesn't get it until level nine huh so i don't know it's just something to consider so I mean, catch your breath is actually isn't that um that's what the novice path isn't it the, oh, is warrior. It the warrior. Yeah, that's with the warrior. So that comes at level one. Yeah, that's my bad. Oh, great. Now the now the audience is <laughs> going to crucify me. No, 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 no. Okay, but the the point is the point is valid here, and there is a difference, right? So catch your breath says you can use an action or or triggered action on your yep. turn to heal damage equal to your healing rate, and then you you have to wait a rest before using it. So the difference yep. here is when you become injured oh you know what the big thing yep, is is you got when you it. become injured or incapacitated that's the key you can use a triggered action yeah. you don't even need a full action and so, well and uh, when you if i would argue that a warrior that becomes incapacitated can't take a triggered action 
right? No, they can't take any kind so of So they action. can't do catch your breath when you become incapacitated. The knight has the ability to, he goes down, he goes, and then he stands right back up. <laughs> yeah. He is the mountain who rides. Yes. Uh, so that is <laughs> that is something that's Clegane. different. Now that doesn't come until level nine. Right. So that, I mean, that's way late in your in your game. Yep. Yep. So look, guys, this is pretty much the only difference between the core rule book and the Paths of Battle supplement. Um, totally up to you guys if this is something that you feel like you should get. Uh, I was kind of surprised to see that there wasn't that many differences here. Uh, I do think that the knight path is a viable option. So if you want it, uh, want it as an option for your player, I mean, the supplement's there for you to get. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's just kind of my opinion. I mean, if we just look, um, if we just look at it real quick, right? The, uh, let's see, do, 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 do. what is this? this is paths of power, right? Yeah. That's a power. How much is it running for? Or paths of battle. This is paths of battle. So right. paths of battle right now, if I were to go online and just look to see how much it costs, um, straight from <laughs> straight from drive through or not drive through straight from Schwab Entertainment is ninety nine cents. It's a buck. Okay. So okay. Yeah, I mean if you're gonna pay three dollars, eh, but it's a dollar. So you pay a buck, you get one more class, and or not class, sorry. You get one more path, and it's organized all of the like paths together uh, into one yeah. supplement for you. So worth right. it? Yeah, probably. There you go. Straight from the horse's mouth, boys and girls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, straight from Mr. Ed. <laughs> awesome okay so um we knew that this was going to kind of be a short review on the supplement so what we wanted to do is pick up where we had to kind of leave off last week and do an actual review of the destruction tradition so we're going to do the wayne's world uh transition and um we're going to start with the destruction tradition uh-huh. It's a little bit different. You know, we're kind of marrying two different things into the one podcast episode, but that's okay because one of the things about Shadow of the Demon Lord is that you can tailor your characters so differently um, through the different paths that you take. So maybe maybe you've got uh, a wizard knight or not a wizard well, knight. Well, uh, one one uh, path that we have yeah, one path that we have not looked at yet was Paladin, which allows you to take a magic tradition. So who knows? Maybe you're a destructive paladin. I mean, yeah, would that work? Can you? No, because destruction is not. Well, I guess you're right because Paladin does not define the religion. Your prior, your priest, your priest right. is what defines your religion. So yeah, you absolutely could be a uh, dark Paladin. That'd be like a pretty hardcore paladin. religious order. Like you're of the yeah. order of the destruction tradition. Yeah. Uh, look, dude. I mean, if you're gonna be of the destruction tradition and you're a paladin, so, you've got to be an orc, you know, because I mean, it's right. just the log, right? To quote Warhammer. So. <laughs> well, and the other religions, uh, destruction is not one of their associated traditions. The uh, the yeah. cult of the new god, dwarven ancestors, old faith, witchcraft. Uh, destruction is not in there, so you'd have to kind of you'd have to go to the. Um, uh, uncertain faith supplement 
and uh, you could make and it work. You could make it work. Yeah, yeah. I think you could be a paladin destructor. Well, you I could be. be awesome. You could be a wit. You could be a, a magician. That's true. And then choose the do be a magician and then choose the night path. Right. The game That'd lets you do cool. it. Absolutely. And then mage knight is your expert path. There you go. Yeah. Or not expert, your master. master path. Yeah, master. And That'd that's the way nice. you progress towards it. So you ab- absolutely marrying up the destruction tradition with a knight is totally feasible. Totally feasible. Totally. So, so what's the deal with the destruction path? Obviously, you get to destroy stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, that's like what you're trying to do, just destroy stuff? That, and yourself <laughs> along with the stuff. <laughs> so as I was talking with Jason about this earlier, we're going through this and we're like, look, every spell, and this is unique to this tradition, every spell, every time you cast a spell in the destruction, you are taking damage to yourself as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the raw destructive force that you are channeling through your, you know, your magic arcane veins. You know, it's it's destroying you and your body as you go through it. And, um, I mean, I, I thought about, when I first started reading this, about, like, uh, L or Eleven mm-hmm. in Stranger Things. Get the nosebleed. Right? Like, when she, yeah, the nosebleed. I mean, that maybe be, like, level zero, level one. Like, you're starting to take damage, so you got a little bit of, no, you know, blood coming out of your nose. But you do something big, like, all of a sudden, maybe it's leaking out your ears and coming out your mouth and stuff like that. Yeah. A little hardcore. When you're floating in the cage down in the belly. Oh yeah. Bell, uh, yeah. So I was thinking, and I, I know the wording does not match up because there is a blood tradition. Um, but I was thinking like the blood magic from the uh, Dragon Age games. Okay. Was kind of like this, you know, where in that case they, you know, they basically like hurt. You have to hurt yourself to be able to cast the blood magic spells. Yeah. Anyways, it's definitely yeah. it's hurting you to do massive things around you. Right. Um, so what you'll see is in the beginning, some of your attack spells, they're more about breaking things than people, in a sense. Right? So like the first spell is you take one damage and you can damage something. Um, it's a smaller or it has to be a size one half or smaller object within short range and you destroy it so you can target a weapon you can target a door you know you can target a chair i don't know i mean something something right i mean in theory you could target somebody's armor and break it off you know maybe break the strap of the armor and all of a sudden they're you know if it doesn't fall off completely and they drop it in their in their defense they're tangled up or they get some banes, you know, when they, um, or some boons when people attack them or something like that, mm-hmm. you know, cause it's not as protective. So I think you could use it that way a little bit, um, because it is definitely an object. This is, yeah, this is where you can be really creative in how you approach, um, how you approach the world around you, whether it's combat, you know, doing like what you said, Justin, destroying the weapon of the person that's attacking you. You know, they're rushing at you with their hammer raised up and you you cringe on the inside and the hammer just like shatters or something like that, right? It says the target takes yeah. damage equal to its health, so it's done. The spell is break. Right. Uh, but you can also, out of combat, you could do some really interesting stuff with this. You know, think of you're in a social encounter in a bar and the bar 
tender is not giving you the information you need, right? You could you could make the glass shatter right in their hand. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know. I mean, interesting uh, stuff. We had, All a, sorts uh, of stuff. we had a we had a what was it a ritual early on in our campaign that the dude was using a, a dagger, you know, uh-huh. and he was killing dudes and like you know that energy of the death was then fueling demons to enter in other bodies type thing. Anyway, um, blow that dagger up, right? Break it, make it unusable. Then they have to resort to Plan B, which is kind of cool. Yep, totally. Uh, let's see. Um, some of the other ones that I like. Um, some of the other ones that I like are uh, Rend is a good one. Um, it's, again, one creature that you can see within short range. So um, this one is a destruction attack level 1. So on level 0s, you take 1 damage. On level 1s, you take 2 damage. Level threes, you take, or, or depends, you know, you're, you're going to take three damage up and up and up. Um, but with Rend, you um, make an attack roll against their agility, and on a success, a target takes 3d6 plus one damage. And if you get an attack roll plus, or 20 and above, they take 2d6. So think about this. This is a um, attack level one spell. So with level one, I mean, you're getting that at power level one, you know? So it, it, if, if you become a magician at level one, you could be rolling this attack and potentially getting 5d6 plus one damage like once per rest, basically. It's pretty hefty. I think it's an enormous amount of damage. It's enough to knock... Uh, two player it's enough to knock a player character down twice over if you get a high roll at a novice yeah. level and i mean think about it at level at level one or two or even three you know you're going up against wolves um i mean even your even your level uh, let's see cha- kind of your challenge difficulty rating 100 um enemy is probably rolling with like 40 health 40 you know so if you're rolling 5d6 you could take out easily half of its health in one hit like that's that's pretty big yeah you could also just take off uh five points (laughs) (laughs) it happens oh uh, you know what's funny is um a couple sessions ago i think it was the one that you couldn't make we're doing it digitally i actually had one of my guys as a destruction level uh mage and so was Jim, one of our other guys in our group. And they were having a destruction duel, basically. Just launching destruction spells at each other, you know? And, um, it, like, the scene was awesome. Like, they had, like, you know, we're describing blood just running out of their ne- out of their nose and, like, you know, coming out of their eye sockets. Because they were just, like, not only were they taking damage from their own spells, but they were, t- you know, taking damage from the spells they were casting at each other. And... They just like we we described it as like they smiled these toothy grins, these blood soaked toothy grins at each other, knowing this was a good fight. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it was so awesome, so awesome. Yep. Um, so, a lot of these early spells, all the way through, kind of, uh, I guess. Well, a lot. Most of the spells can in the destruction can be used on objects, not just creatures. So, uh, something mm-hmm. to keep in mind when you're 
um, trying to think of creative ways to participate in the uh, in the storytelling. Yeah, I mean, uh, you could blow a hole in a wall. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Uh, if you need if you need to get creative with stuff, you can um, cause a distraction. You can you know do a diversion. Some pretty some pretty awesome stuff. Um, I will talk about detonate, which is actually kind of a cool one. Um, it's a destruction attack level three spell, and it's one size one or smaller object that was never a creature that you can see within me- uh, medium range. So it has to be an object, size one or smaller, and basically you take four damage when you cast it, and the target takes damage equal to its health and then explodes in a four-yard radius from a point in its space, dealing 66 damage to everything in the area, <laughs> right? And, I mean, that's a lot. That That's potentially 36 damage. I know, I guess the average there would be like 19 damage or something like that. But, um, you know, that, that right there is huge. Here, here's, here's my difficulty with that spell though. Um, and one, our player Jim, he tried to do this in one of our encounters and I had decided already cause I, I knew I had already made kind of a destructive, a destruction priest that was, you know, kind of mm-hmm. going after them as well. I had already decided like, look, there needs to be, an object in the room to do this. I can't just kind of make up an object. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's too easy to say like, oh, I'm going to target that rock that's conveniently between all of you. <laughs> right. And you're like, well, no one described that there was a rock there. Here's you know a what 66 I mean? pebble. <laughs> exactly. It's amazing. Yeah. So, um, you know, he tried. Uh, he had tried to do it in the laboratory that you guys were fighting in the clockworks. And I was like, yeah, there's there's no rock there. It's steel grating. You know, like you're in a laboratory. So you can't blow up something that's not there. So that one, I think that the, the um, if the player takes it, they need to be a little bit cognizant that they, I don't know. I have a hard time with them just kind of making up something like, oh, wow, there's really convenient. There's a tree branch right there that all of a sudden is a you know, perfect range of everybody I need to kill. So, <laughs> Well, it is a destruction attack three spell. Uh, I agree, and I guess maybe that was how they were trying to do the trade on it. Is it's you know it you you do not have you, it's a very limited resource um, spell. But I yeah. think what I would do. I think what I would do is, um, if they if they wanted to target something that wasn't explicitly stated there, you know, like if they're trying to target um, a sword. Or like a shield, which you can totally do because it was never a creature, right? Mm-hmm. So you can target someone's shield that they're holding and have that blow up around everybody else. And it, I, as a horror master, would have no issues with that whatsoever. But if you want to target that one pebble that's in between everybody that's conveniently going to get everybody, I think that I would need to make you roll a perception roll or something to see if you can see anything there. You know, like there's got to be something that gives that to you. So what if you, I mean, you could always bring your own thing, right? That's true. You got to think about in terms of actions and and triggered actions and stuff. But I, I would like, if you, if you're like, you know what, I've got this bag of rocks just for this spell. And if you told me that before, I would say, that's fine. I'll let you throw a rock as a triggered action. You know what I mean? And yeah. make it like, make a, just an agility roll to make sure it gets there, you know? 
and depending on what you get, maybe it doesn't make it quite there, and then we'll blow it up. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think the key is that you're not, I mean, it depends on how you guys play at the table, but you're not playing against your horror master. You're, you're playing right. You're playing with him. So coordinate how you want to use your 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 spells with with him or her ahead of time. And you guys can both agree on it rather than having to make an instantaneous decision at the table and then have them say, yep. well, I don't think you yeah. can do that. And you're like, well, that changes everything I did for the last two rounds. The whole reason I went up to this place to get in a throwing position and yada, yada. <laughs> so just communicate, right? Yeah, you never want, yeah I, I totally agree with you. You never want to put your player in a position where they're just like, oh, well, you just took my fun away from me. And I've been hoping for this one moment. Yeah. You know what I mean? For mm-hmm. weeks now or whatever. <laughs> I finally got all seven bad guys clumped together in the middle of the room, and none of none of my friends are around them. <laughs> I mean, in that instance, I'd say that's great. Just yeah. like target a helmet. I don't know, like <laughs> you know what I mean, like not this imaginary rock or something. Here's what I would think. Uh, it says size one or smaller object. Yeah. Because it's doing sixty-six damage, I would almost say that it has to be at least size half. <laughs> right? Yeah. Because otherwise, otherwise you're just gonna keep baseballs in your backpack. I yeah. guess they could be baseballs filled with nails and glass. So, eh, whatever. Yeah. Just, just make yeah. up a good story and talk it over with your GM. Right. Exactly. Um. So let's talk about the level five sweetness that is disintegrate. Yeah. So, um, this is this is a pretty sweet spell. One creature with a physical body or one object that you can see within long range. So, I mean, long range is pretty far. That's pretty much anything um, you're going to encounter. Yeah, exactly. Take six damage, so you got to take a beating for this one. Um, but you make a will attack roll against a te- target's agility. On a success, the target takes 9d6 damage. And a creature is incapacitated by this damage, dies immediately, and it's reduced to a small, small pile of dust in the space that it occupied. And if you get a 20-plus, it's an extra 3d6 uh, damage. So, potentially, you're rolling six, uh, 12d6. It's it's good. It's a attack level 5, which means under a normal campaign core rulebook system, you're really only going to be able to cast this if you find some sort of artifact that increases your power or you have an incantation of it. Yep. And it's not a guaranteed. You could have that really expensive incantation you spent so much time and resources to get, and you could just have a bad roll and fail to cast it and destroy <laughs> That's the That's where fortune comes into That's fortune, true. right? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I would almost say that I, while that's an enormous amount of damage, I like the one right before it. Okay. Destroy, which is a destruction attack four. And it's one size three or smaller creature. That's huge. Size three is big. (laughs) Or object. Yes. Once again, you can use this. I think there's only like like one or two uh, creatures within the core rulebook that are like size three or higher. Yeah. Like maybe only one. So... Pretty much anything. I mean, it's creature. Yeah. But here's the thing. It's also, you know, or object, of course. This is only medium range. But medium range is still, like, that's still tactically viable. Yeah, Here it is. Absolutely. Take Take five damage. The target takes 30 damage, period. Boom. That's it. 30 damage. Five, five for 30. You're trading five for 30 on anything from size three or small. I almost like that one better because that's, that's, that's a level four. So... You're going to be able to There's cast. There's no roll. Yeah. 
No roll as, no as roll long as you it. have power four. Yep. Yep. That's the key, right? There's no there's no agility roll. There's no save. There's no uh, yeah, for attack them. roll. Mm-hmm. For the target. They just it's take just 30 it. damage. That's it. 30 which, damage. 30 damage, if, if you're going by the law of averages, is basically like a 10d6 roll. Right? It's crazy. Maybe like a 9d6. But like, uh, I mean, you know, that's a lot of damage. For not it's, having to do anything other than just expend your spell slot right? or spell casting, yeah, it's um, yeah, that's pretty sweet. It is pretty sweet, I think. So I would say disintegrate is cool, but I like the guaranteed damage because I I know that I am not a lucky roller. One of, one of the things that I think is key with this whole destruction tradition is that there's not a lot of traditions that are just pure damage. Mm-hmm. This is one of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, you're doing damage on everything that you do, whether it be to an object or to a creature, whatever. I mean, it's all damage. And so, if you want to get into doing magic and being like, "Dude, I just want to be slinging magic and destroying stuff," this is the tradition for you. Uh, a lot of the other uh, traditions are very much support or healing or you know buffing that type of thing. Um, but this one is pure, unadulterated damage. Sure. So to close this one out, there's some a, a point I want to make about a resource, and that is if you're in, if you are interested in any tradition in this game, um, you can pull up your core rulebook, you can pull up your supplements, and I know a lot of times, and this question comes up regularly on the Facebook group, and the soon-to-be defunct Google Hangout or the Google uh, Plus thing. Um, and that yeah. is, what supplements have extra spells for these traditions? So if you go to schwabentertainment.com, once again, you look at the top title bar where it says play aids. If you just hover over play aids with your mouse, I don't know what it looks like on, um, I think you probably just click it once on your phone or p- press it once on, on a mobile. You'll see reference tables. Click that reference yes. tables and scroll to the bottom and you'll see there's a section called spells and you can sort by tradition. So for example... I'm clicking, you can probably hear me clicking right now, but I'm clicking through that table and I find the destruction tradition. And I find that there is an extra spell in the destruction tradition in a supplement. And what, what supplement is that? You have that supplement, right? I believe it is hunger in the void. Hunger in the void. Yeah. There's an extra spell in there. So, um, when you want to go through your spells, when you want to find all of them that are inside the traditions that you know, come to these reference tables, click through, find sort by tradition, click through, find the tradition you want, and make sure you, you have access to those supplements if you really want to maximize your use of that tradition. So, for example, the one we're going after is called Invoke the Nameless One, which is an attack rank one, Hunger in the Void. Uh, do you have that? I on, do. Do you have it on you? So... so th- this is the interesting thing about this. And by the way, Hunger in the Void is one of my favorite things, and I know that we need to cover this eventually. Um, but um, you uh, to be able to cast this destruction spell, you have to have some unique requirements that are um, based on the... Um, uh, yeah, it, it, you have to have some unique requirements that are based on the uh, supplement itself. It says you must have the Mad Devotion talent mm-hmm. and must belong to the Nameless Cult. Yep. So um, you find out what those are in the supplement, 
And uh, but when you take two da you take two damage when you cast this, and a pulse of destructive force rushes out from you when you cast a spell, and at the each of uh, at, and at the end of each round until the spell ends, the pulse spreads from a point uh, in your space out of a radius of one d five yards and deals one damage to you and one d six damage to everything in the area. So um, it lasts for one minute. So basically, it's doing one d six damage basically every minute uh, to everybody that's within that uh, aura basically yeah so there are there are lots of spells there and and rob is creating new ones uh, all the time um and we've got new things coming out new supplements new kickstarters are going to be kicking off that we're, we'll talk a little bit about in some later podcasts here soon um there are a lot of resources in this game, and it's not all in the core rulebook. And a lot of them, we gotta really take advantage of these supplements. So, if you want to be a spellcaster, go to that website, look at those spell traditions tables uh, to find out all the resources and locations you can have at your disposal for them. Absolutely. All right. Well, we hope that this podcast was somewhat informative for y'all, and um, we will catch you uh, at the next one. See you guys. Bye.